Duh Bears. Yeah, that's who we're talking about. Duh Bears. It's Duh Bears. They won the national championship. Welcome back to another March Madness, the final March Madness episode of the Rambling Viking Podcast. We're talking about that wild natty last night, which on one hand was an exciting game to watch, but on the other hand was not an exciting game to watch. And we'll get into that and much more, but that concludes our bracket challenge. There's so much going on. It was a wild, wild night. Gonzaga had their hopes dashed of a perfect season and being the first team in like 45 years to do that. And not since the 70s has that been done. So let's jump into it. Let's see how this bracket panned out. Okay, our, our group cha- panned out. So these are the final... The final standings, folks. It's done. And you know who took it? You know who done did it? Our boy Haste the Day. He takes the top spot by 110 points. Even though he had Gonzaga winning, he he finished out with 1,110 points. Then coming right behind him is Commando Jar, second place. He had Baylor winning. He had a thousand points, even then my bracket, right? My ride the lightning who also had Baylor with 970. So I maxed out on my points there. Then after that, we got to go down a little bit. And I think these standings were already set. Yeah. It's your boy at 530. Then we have white lightning at 480. Gonna win them all at 460, Lightning McQueen at 450, and Rachel's Ride the Lightning also at 450. It was exciting. There was lots of movement. This last round, the bottom half was pretty set, but the top half was anybody's game. What a night it was, though. Lots of fun. Real good time. I enjoyed it. I think I'm going to try and keep this Ride the Lightning bracket challenge going. I think it's a lot of fun. Maybe, maybe figure out a way to, I don't know, raises the stakes, right? Like a winner per round and then an overall winner and maybe give away some minuscule prizes. Like, I don't know, random, random Dollar Tree checkout line knickknacks. Like that's the prizes <laughs> that, you know, all those like knickknacks and weird little things. We were at Dollar Tree one time and my wife goes, I think this is the dumbest thing. And it, all this stuff is just junk. It's just a waste of money. It's cheap. It'll just break. And then she was like, I don't understand why anyone would even want to buy this. And then I kid you not, it was a person, like two people behind us in line. We get up to the checkout part and this lady goes, oh my gosh, it's so cute. We're going to get this for Ricky. He loves it. little rock. And we just look at each other and I, I think it's hilarious. I just die laughing. But my wife, of course, she just kind of rolls her eyes like, and, and I was like, and thus you have the people who shop at Dollar Tree, right? The Dollar Tree people. And look, there's nothing wrong with Dollar Tree. I'm just saying there's that serpent, certain type of person who frequents it. Okay. Not good. Not bad. There was just a type for it. And so that's, that's, that's what I'm looking at here. But yeah, that was, uh, let's get into the meat and potatoes here. What we came to talk about Connor freaking told you, man, freaking told you. I actually, I would want to thank you because I feel like whatever your position would have been, I was going to take the contrary position and you went with Zags. You went with those Zags. The, Spo- the Spokane Zags. Oh, yeah, that's a fun note. Two episodes ago, after the episode, Connor looks at me and goes, I think it's Spokane, not Spokane. And I realized 
I said Spokane the entire night, like a southern redneck. Spokane, Washington, you know, up in Spokane, those yuppies. And, and I'm just like, oh, it's Spokane. It's fine. If you're from that area, I'm sorry. But, yep, I just I lived up to being an Okie. Good for me. So, yeah, natty, the Natty was last night. So incredible. Baylor blew the brakes off Gonzaga. I remember Connor's take being that Gonzaga got their, their challenge out of the way. They got challenge. They didn't meet that first challenge until the final four. And then... And that was their their challenge game. And then it was like, all right, cool. We got over that hump, and now we're going to win. Which I think was a, let me say this, I think it was a valid point. Because, honestly, there's usually two ways it goes. It's either that's the key, or it's like, oh, Ukla found found the, the code to beat Gonzaga. They figured out, they broke, they cracked the code. Code breakers. They cracked the code and figured out the method that it... Um, you know, figure out the game plan. There we go. That's the freaking word. The strategy to take down the Zags. They just couldn't quite complete it. Baylor saw that and they took them down. So we'll go. We'll go recap through the tournament, right? So Gonzaga. We'll start with Gonzaga. Ninety-eight fifty-five against Norfolk State, first round. So that's <laughs> that is a forty-four point win. Eighty-seven seventy-one. 16-point win against OU, and OU played them close most of the game. It should be noted. Then 83-65 against Creighton. So if we're being honest, they really had an easy, I would say even an easier run. Even though, like, Creighton's a 5 seed, like, come on, Creighton beat uh, US or UCSB, and then they beat Ohio in an upset instead of seeing, like, Virginia, a powerhouse team. So I don't know. It's kind of weird how that panned out. And then they finally faced USC, a 6 seed, who upset Kansas, beat them 85-66, and then then they finally had a first close game in the Final Four, 93-90, used up their their close game magic against 11-seed Ukla, the Cinderella of the tournament, and they had no magic left to... Why? MCA. Connor, I really need you here for that. ESPN, I am going to... Oh, my God. Gosh, the rage! Unsolicited, blaring, like sound on videos, just autoplay. Who do you think you are? Anyways, and then they they go down and they they get they get sucked first round or first round. Baylor comes out hot, lead off the game and just socks them, rocks them, and then they're not the, they're not quite right. They're trying to recover the rest of the fight, the rest of the game. And they kind of did a couple times, but that gap was already set. And it's like, look, he already got those. So even if it goes the full 15, you know, you're going to get or the full five. You're talking UFC. Oh, my gosh. Why is this a thing? Why is this a thing? I don't get it here. I'll do this. Will that mess things up with my recording? No, it doesn't. Okay. Mute my. Oh, man. But anyways. And and so. And Baylor has that advantage. So it's like, and Zach is like, look, we they're gonna have to knock, find a knockout punch. They couldn't just go the distance because they're they'd already lost in points and rounds. So, and they were really have to. They're 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 starting from behind, which I don't think they really ever had in the game. They were all or in the tournament, they were always leading. I mean, so was Baylor though. So then they lose. So let's backtrack and see Baylor's matchups. Right, seventy nine fifty five against Hartford. Whoa, hold on, that's crazy. Both Baylor and Gonzaga's first-round matchups only scored 55 points. 
at that moment, we should have realized that those two were going to meet in the finals. That was the telltale sign. That was the foreshadowing. Should have seen that one coming. Anyways, then 76-63 over Wisconsin. Then 62-51 over Villanova. A serious Wisconsin... Uh, I would say, well, I'd say probably about even for with Oklahoma. Villanova, though, I would definitely put them over Creighton, even though they're both five seeds. I think Villanova is a little bit more of a blue blood and actually had uh, a better overall team. Then they face uh, Arkansas, one of the surprise teams, 81-72. So they only beat them by nine. Then they go in to face Houston, 78-59, and just trounce them. And that's when they come in and trounce someone in the Final Four, I think that set the momentum and energy. They're like, we're not stopping this train. We put this, we, we went pedal to the metal. We're riding this lightning. They, they caught that good. They caught that good lightning strike. And they're like, we're not letting go of this. We are riding this all the way through the ground. And they did. And consequently part of that, that lightning strikes path, that lightning bolts path was straight through the throat of Gonzaga. And that's what we saw. Then 86, 70 for their first ever championship and I was right I called it Gonzaga I think was a little more tired but also uh they didn't uh Baylor that momentum was too great to them to stop because a lot of times you'll see them they'll come in they'll be overconfident they'll be lax they did not come in that way they came in swinging like they hadn't stopped playing like in, in the Houston game like they just kept playing like you would have thought it was just back-to-back games with how the energy level didn't waver at all and I think I think another thing was is Gonzaga got cursed straight up cursed because what has been in the 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 news the last four or five days it's been all Gonzaga and it's it's all been talking about how oh are they one of the greatest college teams in history the moment these sports uh, these sports talk people started talking like that they knew they messed up because you know who wasn't getting any consideration, any talk, any airtime at all was Baylor. They were talking about, yeah, how good they'd be like, oh yeah, Baylor's real good. This is their thing. They ride the defense. Uh, it was Drew Scott, double first name coach, you know, real good. You know, they, they, they love telling his story, but it was all Gonzaga all day talking about, they're going to go down as one of the greatest teams in history. You know, they're going to make history. This is going to do it. They're so good. Oh my gosh. They're so poised. They're unwavering and just, drooling over them and rightly so like look they're a really good team but what do you do you sit there and you talk 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 it's like when it when a pitcher's pitching a perfect game you don't say anything right you don't you're not supposed to say anything and I think it's one thing if they were like to mention it but overall talk about the matchup and talk about it evenly but they didn't it was heavy-handed for the Zags and the Bears didn't get any attention and they came in and beat those breaks off those boys let's look at some of these team stats all right so Baylor uh, they shot 44.8% from the field, 43.5% from three, 88.9% from the line. Zags shot 51% from the field, but only 29.4% from three and 71.4% from uh, the line. Drew Timmy only had 12 points. He had five turnovers and only five rebounds. Oh my gosh, didn't get any boards. Jalen Suggs showed up. He had 22 points. This was the other big thing. We said, look, Baylor, I, I criticized Baylor and said, look, they didn't have that dude. They were a synergy, you know, team. And Gonzaga had J- Jalen Suggs come out as like that clutch time dude. And he was, but here we saw the synergy overtake it. They th- That synergy was enough. And they do have guys who step up in certain ways 
like Davion Mitchell and I don't know Jay's first name or I don't know Butler's first name, but it's Jay Butler. It's not Jimmy. I know it's not Jimmy, but those two guys step up and had themselves a night. Kispert had 12 points, but he was two for seven from three. And I mean, that's about it. All in all, they had 14 turnovers to Baylor's nine and five of those were in like the first five minutes. I'm actually going to go back and watch the first 10 minutes because for me, it was one of those games. I was sitting there watching it and I blinked and it was not, it was, it was seven Oh and then nine two and then like 13 to four. And I was like, Whoa, what, what, what's going on? Like, what did I miss? Like I was sitting there watching it, but I missed, it just happened so, so fast. Like Baylor came out so winging and they weren't ready for it. All right. So flow Thamba. He didn't do much. He had a block. He had six six boards. Uh, <laughs> Butler, though, he had 22 points, four for nine from three. He lit it up. He had seven assists. Davion Mitchell had 15 points, and he had a block, a steal, five assists, six boards. So, I mean, he was just he was flying around. Then you had uh, Teague had 19 points. And you saw, let's see, look at their blocks, though. They only had nine turnovers. They had five blocks, though, to the three blocks. So not as many. They had eight steals, though. And uh, points off of, oh, no, those are, I think that's personal fouls, actually. Dang, I wish I could see points off turnovers because I know they had a lot. So it was it was one of those crazy nights. And halfway through this, I realized, so look, I said, Gonzaga, halftime, need to get it down to around 10 points, and that's doable. And they did. They got it down to 10 points. But then they came out, and it was one of those games, one of those classic games, right, where you start to catch up, you go on a little run, and then it's like, all right, we just need one or two more stops, and then one or two more good, um, and one or two more good possessions to go with those stops, score off those, and then and then we're back in it. We got ourselves a game, and that didn't happen. They'd go on a run, they'd shorten the gap, and then Baylor would respond with a three or or a stop or something, and it would just like, oh nope, this is where I don't think they got it within nine. Nine was their smallest gap the whole game. Other than that, it was double digits. And it was it was something to marvel at. It was it was an impressive game. So it's weird because I've never felt this excited about a blowout. Because normally a blowout on this, you're like whatever. But I don't. It was exciting because I think it was so unbelievable. You're you kept saying surely, surely the Zags are going to answer. Surely something's going to come up. Surely, and I'm like, dude, wh- what is who is Shirley and why is she playing such a big role in this game and and this commentary here? I don't know, but Shirley, I need you to calm down. But it was one of those where you're like, this can't be real. This can't be happening. And you know how a lot of times teams might come out hot or, or have a, you know, be, be hot for five or ten minutes, you know, part of a half, and it's like go on a real streak, and you're like, yeah, this can't last. And in some respects, it didn't last. What they had in the first five to ten, seven minutes didn't last the whole game, but it lasted enough of that stuck around. Enough of that magic stuck around, and it was like, kind of like when USC upset Kansas, you're like, this can't last, this can't last. And they got up by 30, and I go, yeah, even if this doesn't last, I don't think you can, it, it's too far gone at this point. And this one never fully felt like that. It, the Zags managed to fight back a little bit, and it was just like, but they were flustered. You could see it. Like, from the beginning, they were like, oh, crap, a little discombobulated. They're like, all right, recover, recover. And they kind of recovered, but they never fully recovered and found their rhythm, found their groove. And, you know, we were wrong. We predicted the Zags would win according to our analytics and metrics. And I think everyone thought Gonzaga was going to win because everyone thought Gonzaga was just this super team. They're like the they're like the dream, the USA dream team versus, I don't know, just a really good NBA team. 
And turns out Baylor was the real deal. That was some serious synergy they had going, and they got some some athletes, some explosiveness. I thought maybe they'll get into foul trouble. They had enough of a rotation of big guys that they can keep fresh legs out there, and they just run and gun. But double-check my notes, see if there's anything else I had. I think that's more or less everything. I mean, it was just a really fun game to watch. I, uh, I, won, the, I won the bet or challenge against Connor. That was just really me asking him, hey, who do you think is going to win? And he said this and I said okay I'll take the opposite but yeah that's it we're not going to touch on that you know and it was it was a ton of fun so I think that's a good place to stop it great thanks for everyone who participated in the ride the lightning bracket group it was a lot of fun uh I would love to hear any ideas you guys have for how to change that how to make it better next year maybe we have just we have a group that's only ride the lightning and then we just have a normal bracket group because it was a lot to sift through but it was fun seeing the multiple brackets and having to manage multiple groups might be a little overcomplicated and I don't know if that would be too much of a barrier of entry and and if you would be deterred from doing both or and just do one or the other, or even neither. If you're like, there's two groups, I don't want to have to focus and concentrate that much, which I would totally understand because those are the kind of thoughts that I would have. So, yeah, let me know any and all your thoughts on that, what you thought of the Natty. Did you call it? And be honest. Be honest. Come on now. Did you actually call it? Because uh, I did, at least in my Ride the Lightning. And then with my final prediction, mainly I was just going, taking the opposite end of Connor, I was like, one of us has got to be right. I'm not going to live in a world where both of us are wrong. So one of us had to be right. Connor took the L this time, but Lord knows I've taken plenty of L's in my day. And uh, I'm not from, look, uh, I, I like to win and I can win, but I've taken my fair share of L's and we'll take them on the chin. So thanks everybody for listening. Please send in all your thoughts, ideas, comments to the rambling Viking at gmail.com. Or text them in 580-789-9258. That does it for this March Madness. It was one of the maddest, one of the funnest March Madness we've ever had. And I would like to see where you rate it on best uh, on March best March Madness of all time. So, the Bears took it all. I'm out.